It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rush. Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yards, touchdown! Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Over it up, boy. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur? This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Old friend, 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 friend. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Been waiting all day. It is time for the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. We've got you locked in for the next two hours. Oh, a jam-packed show today. You know, after all the fun yesterday down in Indianapolis, unfortunately, a loss by the Purdue-Fort Wayne women's basketball team. But what a finish to an exciting season. And it's exciting not because the team got 20-some wins or anything like that. It's exciting because when you've won one game two years ago, to take a program this far, this fast, is really something. It gives you a real bolt of, bolt of confidence uh, and, and maybe a boost of confidence. And if you combine those two words, you end up with the word bolst, which is what I was about to say. But uh, they had a great uh, great run in the Horizon League tournament. And we're going to be talking to Maria Marcasano, their coach, about where does it go from here. Now you've got this momentum, and how do you take it and externalize it? How do you go from... All that energy and that excitement you've generated on campus with your fan base, with your program internally, and how do you use that to go out and make an impact nationally, especially on the recruiting trail? And it's kind of interesting because I don't know if she can use it right now. Um, She's got a numbers game that she's got to play. It's really a tough position because as a new coach who will be entering her third year next season – She probably wants to go out and bring new talent into the program that she can go out and recruit. She's been a fantastic recruiter so far. And the problem is there are no scholarships because of the extra COVID year. And just because of the way the numbers and classes line up, uh, it's going to be kind of an odd year from a recruiting standpoint. Sure, they have some areas they can upgrade, But are they going to have to do it from players we didn't see play this year? Are they going to have to really work to improve the talent of the players that did play this year? And uh, what what is the future for Mastodon's basketball? But we'll talk to Maria Marcasano coming up at about 4.30. Also, hour number two. I'm excited about this because when we played Michigan, of course, last year we were supposed to play Michigan and the game canceled because the Mastodon's tested positive for COVID, which was a really tough situation. I mean... They're going through, and I'm counting the the guys that aren't still at the hotel. They were getting a special shuttle back to campus because they had tested positive. And uh, one of the assistants who had recently had COVID was able to take the guys back to Fort Wayne. And I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm thinking, uh, a couple of these guys that just departed, I played one-on-one with and had breakfast with this morning. They had no idea. It was one of those 
Big Ten rules that you had to pass a COVID test to be able to play at the Big Ten last year, and uh, it didn't go well for the Mastodons. And it was a little bit of a surprise to everybody. That's why they were even on the trip. And so, uh, anyway, uh, we got to play Michigan this year back in November, and I got a chance to meet the voice of the Michigan Wolverines, Brian Bush. And he, uh, a young guy, very likable, very personable, uh, was a great host, made sure I had everything I needed. Of course, you know, I'm working solo. I'm my own engineer. I'm I'm uh, my own color guy. And he took plenty of time to talk about the team and give me any insights that I was looking for. He uh, made sure that from a technical standpoint, everything was operating properly and I wasn't going to have any problem with the equipment. He also introduced me to the engineer for the Michigan Radio Network and said, if you do have problems, he's here. He can more than happy to help you. Uh, and I thought, boy, I tell you, if we ever have a reason to talk about the Michigan Wolverines on this program, I'm going to have to see if he'll join the show. And, uh, and and quite honestly, we got busy with the season. Everything moved on and then going in fast pace. And I just kind of forgot that, that he was somebody I wanted to get on the show. And I started thinking about it on Sunday when the Wolverines were playing IU, I thought, hey, my buddy that I met one day, my buddy is doing the game. Him and Don Fisher both are doing this game on radio. And I thought, you know, I got to I gotta have him on. This would be a perfect week. We could talk about the Big Ten tournament. We could talk about Michigan status, whether he feels they're on the outside looking in or if they're, you know, sitting on the bubble, maybe one of the last four in. We'll get his perspective on the Michigan Wolverines, and we're going to do that today because he's agreed to join us coming up at 520 this afternoon. Brian Bush, voice of the Michigan Wolverines, joining the program. 46862, that's how you join the program on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, 46862. Oh, it's a fun week to watch a lot of these mid-majors getting a chance to punch their ticket some programs doing it for the first time. Some programs doing it for the first time in 20 years. Some programs doing it for the first time with this roster where everybody is experiencing it for the first time. You know, it's not just uh, constantly seeing Gonzaga winning the West Coast Conference. It's, it's you know, teams like what you see in uh, the A-Sun with Kennesaw State, a program making a statement with their first ever trip to the NCAA tournament. And... You know, that day should come sooner rather than later for a program like Purdue-Fort Wayne. But it's a lot of fun to watch what that experience is like. It's such a special moment for these kids that, uh, you know, that maybe weren't recruited by the biggest schools in America. And so maybe, you know, they start their college career, maybe a little disappointment that they didn't earn a spot at a Wisconsin or at a at an Ohio State, you know, and they end up going to a, to a mid-major but they have an impact on that program, and maybe in some ways it's a blessing because they get to experience history with their teammates, and so it's so much fun to watch. Tonight, we're going to have multiple tickets punched. This might be the biggest day for mid-majors to get their automatic bids, and you know the ones that are fun to watch are the one-bid leagues because they know they've got to win it to get it. And so tonight, you're going to have the Horizon League deciding their champion. Oh, we saw some surprises last night in the Horizon League. The two lower seeds knocked off the one and two seed in the men's quarter or men's semifinal last night. 
And, uh, you know, Adam, I should not have texted you my success in the picks because game number two, I completely blew it. Yeah, well, you know. Game one, I aced it. And I was feeling good. I'm like, man, I know my basketball. I, I text Adam. Look at that. Check mark, check mark. I'm rolling. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. And then I went to bed miserable because the second game <laughs> went nothing like I expected it to go. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think either of those games really went ex- the way I would expect them to. There's honestly. a frog that's being passed through the studio today. It really is. Let's, just let's before get it we out. went on, I, I had the same thing. I, there was something I could not I could not take care of. Now it's been passed. I've cleared myself, and I must have coughed it over to you because now it's it's. You know what it is, Adam? It's that air freshener you sprayed all over the studio before I came in today. I, I don't know if you were trying to send me a message that when I arrive at four o'clock in the afternoon after a busy day out on the streets that maybe I need a shower or something because I came in and uh, we were floral fresh today here in the studio. Yeah, I, I didn't have uh, Youngstown State losing by 12 on my on my docket. No, I did not expect. And Youngstown State struggled offensively, and that is something that they have almost rarely done this year. They always put up points, and generally, if you're going to beat Youngstown State, you're going to have to outscore them. And uh, Northern Kentucky did a number on Youngstown State, and Youngstown State had just beaten Northern Kentucky by like 20-some points. It was a blowout just a couple of weeks ago at Youngstown State, so... That game flipped, and Northern Kentucky was just superb. I mean, they they fouled out the best player for Youngstown State in Dwayne Cohill. Um, He finished second in the league voting for player of the year. They fouled him out. I think uh, there were a couple of guys out there for Youngstown with four fouls. But big win for Northern Kentucky. And then on the other side, it was Cleveland State. And this is such a story. Cleveland State last year. Uh, was the regular season champions, co-champions, along with the Mastodons. Uh, they ended up getting into the the uh, NIT last year because uh, they earned the automatic bid into the NIT by virtue of tiebreakers, and we won't go into that. But But they lost their coach after back-to-back successful seasons. Cleveland State lost their coach, Dennis Gates, to Missouri. He took a number of players with him. There were a few players that transferred. Cleveland State had a meeting when the new coach was hired, and I believe the meeting was sometime early May last year. It was just after uh, uh, Danielle Robinson got hired from Iowa State where he was an assistant, and he had a team meeting, and I guess, what, four guys showed up, five guys, something like that? And so he immediately had to go about building a roster, and he searched community colleges, he searched uh, other mid-major schools he you know obviously worked the transfer portal very hard but also was able to scoop up Tristan and Aruna which was a uh, an Iowa State guy that was a grad student that had that extra year of eligibility and could come with him and kind of help bridge the gap until he was able to actually go out and recruit his own talent into Cleveland State and so this was a program that basically bottomed out in the offseason and credit to, to Coach Robinson. He got them built back up. They had a really good year and finished, uh, what they finished third in the Horizon League. And they got the number three seed in the tournament. And last night, they knocked off the number two seed in the tournament. And uh, the Milwaukee Panthers, and they did it rather convincingly. 
And so a couple of surprising games last night. I, I was surprised. I I kind of thought, you know, Northern Kentucky might have a chance. I, I said, you know what I did say was take the points in both sides. Unfortunately, even though I was surprised CSU beat Milwaukee, CSU was a favorite in that game. And so uh, I uh, I would have been taking Milwaukee in that one, and it didn't work out so well. But Northern Kentucky was a two-point dog, two-and-a-half-point dog or whatever to, to Youngstown State. So that one worked out. But um, Cleveland State, Northern Kentucky will match up tonight for the Horizon League Championship. And by the way, for those of you that are following the women's side, after Green Bay beat the Mastodons yesterday, Green Bay got shellacked by Cleveland State. The score really not indicative of just how much one-sided this game was. Cleveland State knocks off Green Bay 73-61 to to win the Women's Horizon League Championship earlier today. Uh, pretty simple formula. You know, in fact, if the Mastodons would have followed this formula, because the Mastodons had every chance to win the game against Green Bay, but they went cold from three, while Cleveland State did not. Cleveland State hit 13 of 21 three-pointers. The Mastodons, after hitting six of their first 15, then went cold and hit one of their last 15. Um but they were also, Cleveland State was 22 of 23 at the foul line. You can't come back on a team that shoots like that at the free throw line. 22 of 23. So Cleveland State punching their ticket to the women's tournament. And now tonight in the Horizon League, it's going to be North Kentucky and Cleveland State that decided on the men's side. Also, Summit League basketball for a while. Oral Roberts, who swept through the Summit League, they were a little bit on the hook against St. Thomas, but in the second half, Oral Roberts pulled away, and they advanced into the championship game. Um, but no, we're going to be talking to Maria Marcasano about the future of this women's basketball team, and I'll tell you what, it is so promising. I, I mean, you can't help but be excited because, first of all, everybody on this team eligible to return. Now, we already know Solaire Starks is announced. She is not going to come back. That is not a surprise to me. She has dealt with injuries. It has been a real battle for her to stay on the court. And I think she's just decided this is the time for me to step aside from basketball and pursue my other interests and uh, move on with a professional career. So Solaire Starks, who, and I'll tell you this, she, her professional career should include singing. She, she sang the national anthem a couple of times, including senior day, and just absolutely knocked it out of the park. Uh, also, you've got incoming freshman Aaron Woodson. Now, for those that have followed Tin Caps and Wizards baseball, you might remember Tracy Woodson, her father, who actually is a former Fort Wayne manager. He managed the ball club here in Fort Wayne. So they're very familiar with the city. And uh, his daughter, Erin Woodson, is a senior, and I believe it's in North Carolina, where she is scoring 30 points a game. She's putting up 30 points a game for her high school squad. And then, of course, Renna Schwederman from down in Jay County, where she averaged over 21 points a contest. And then you look at the progress the program's made. I went back and looked all the way to uh, the year before COVID when the team was 5-24. and 24, But I think three of those wins were like non-D1 wins. And then during the COVID year, 1-22. and 22. And let me say something. During that COVID year... It not only was one in 22 for the record, but they only had one loss all season that was by less than 10 points. They weren't in games. They were, they were not competitive. 
one and twenty-two. And then last year, Maria Marcasano takes over. They improved to nine and twenty-one. This year, they improved to fourteen and nineteen. But they also move up to sixth, right in the middle of the pack of the Horizon League standings, and of course, advance to the semifinals. So there is so much to look forward to. And the best thing, they had a nine and six home record this year, which is always nice when you can go watch a team play and support them and leave knowing they've won the game. And they were nine and six at home, and it's been a long time since they've had a home winning record. All right, let's go ahead and check what's happening in the world of sports because it's time to get today's top headlines, and we've got some big news breaking today with Adam Lundy. Absolutely, Brett. The Baltimore Ravens have franchise-tagged quarterback Lamar Jackson ahead of the 4 p.m. deadline that just transpired today with the Ravens using the non-exclusive tag. The team will pay Lamar $32 million this year, and Jackson can engage in contract talks with other teams. If Lamar signs an offer with another team, Baltimore has the right to match the offer or to keep him to sign the offer, match the offer to keep him or to take two first round picks as compensation. What a brilliant move. And once again, Baltimore shows why they're one of the best run organizations in the NFL. You've got a rather tense negotiation going on between your quarterback, your star quarterback and your, your front office. You want him to play, you want him to stay, you don't want to move on, but you also don't want to pay what he is trying to draw a line in the sand and get. And so they're basically saying, okay, we'll see if the market will bear that from another team, then we'll up the ante. This non-exclusive tag is a brilliant move, and I'm actually surprised I haven't heard more about it from other teams that you can can get this guy, put him at thirty-two million, and if somebody comes along and says, "Hey, we'll pay you thirty-seven, then the Ravens can decide: is thirty-seven a number we're willing to go and keep him? Man, what! And it and it also gives Lamar the opportunity to shop like a free agent without having to be a free agent to go do it. This, this works for both sides, and what a great way to kind of fix what is seemingly a broken relationship right now. Definitely. A contingent of New York Jets team officials, including owner Woody Johnson, general manager Joe Douglas, head coach Robert Sala, and offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, are flying to California today to meet in person with Aaron Rodgers, sources say. It's unclear whether the meeting will result in a trade, however. What is they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> well, they're flying did to they Cali. Not learn, did Brett Favre work out that well for the Jets so that they had to go do this again? <laughs> I mean, first of all, you look at the Jets lineup or roster, and there's a lot of young talent. But that's a nucleus you build with. Is Aaron Rodgers a guy that will be there long enough to build with this this nucleus? I Yeah. To I me, mean, I was going to say, to me, it feels like they missed out on Derek Carr, and now they're just desperate. They are desperate. So they, they have no real plan at quarterback, and it's the New York market. You can't stink as bad as the Jets have stunk over the last few years. So they're going to get a bridge. They're going to try to bring in a star, carry him to a few victories while they figure it out. 
One more for you. Tyrese Halliburton scored 40 points and dished out 16 assists last night, but that wouldn't be enough as the Indiana Pacers fell to the 76ers last night in Indy by a score of 147 to 143. Joel Embiid scored 42 in the win for the Sixers. How can you lose with Ron Burgundy sitting in the front row? <laughs> How cool was that? Will Ferrell was in How attendance cool last was night. That? I yeah. mean, we just told the story yesterday about Will Ferrell hanging out at the Beach Grove Walmart parking lot. And last night, he shows up at the Pacers game. He's got a pretty good shot. He was taking some shots before the game. Not, yeah. Not a bad mid-range. Hit, hit a three-pointer. Yeah, um, and he's, he's tall, too. And you know who he brought with him? 50 Cent. 50 Cent, yeah. Curtis Jackson. Yeah. So, celebrity night. It, we felt like the Lakers for one night in Indianapolis. And we lost. <laughs> There you go. Today's top headlines from Adam Lundy. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Maria Marcasana, women's basketball coach, Purdue Fort Wayne. We'll have to check in with Coach Kaufman here soon, too, and get him on the show. We've got women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano joining us here in just minutes. Speaking of college basketball, Trace Jackson Davis and Zach Eady, both unanimous selections for the Big Ten, all Big Ten. Jalen hood Shafino is the one selected as Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Did they get it right? 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Uh, I don't think there's much doubt on Trace and Zach being unanimous all Big Ten. Not a lot of star power in the Big Ten this year. Uh, so it makes sense that both of them would be uh, unanimous Big Ten selections. Now, Trace Jackson Davis also made the all-defensive team. Uh, as we said, Jalen Hutchfino, freshman of the year. But Zach Eady and Trace Jackson Davis, also among the five that were recognized by the Sporting News as All-Americans. Now, there's like four separate All-American lists, and then you get the consensus All-Americans. But uh, the first one released today has uh, Zach Eady, Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen Wilson of Kansas, Drew Timmy of Gonzaga, and Brandon Miller of Alabama. He's going to be considered the, probably a controversial pick because of the off-the-court situation. I was going to say, there's, there's no outside noise surrounding, surrounding no, that. No, no, we haven't talked at all about Brandon Miller. Uh, so there's your five. Edie, Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen Wilson of Kansas, Drew Timmy of Gonzaga, and Brandon Miller of Alabama. That's your... Uh, All-Americans, according to the Sporting News. Still coming up, we've got the Colts talk. We've got, uh, you know, when you talk about the Colts, you've got to talk about the quarterback situation. Matt Ryan's still a Colt right now. What are they doing? Uh, You know, you feel like that step will secure the idea that the Colts are definitely set on taking one of these quarterbacks. That's the first thing we need to see is that Matt Ryan is rightfully released. And once he's gone, now you know the Colts are in the market for a quarterback, and it's going to be one of these guys, and then we can truly start breaking down who the Colts are going to take and where they're going to take them. Uh, Coming up next, we talk to Maria Marcasano, women's basketball coach, Purdue Fort Wayne. She'll join us in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Listen live at 1380thefan.com. Welcome back to The Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy. If you've got any questions, you can always fire away at 468-69. 468-62. 
Yeah, I've only said that like 8,000 times. You know, it's one of those things where you look down at a sheet and you see the number nine and it just comes out of your mouth subconsciously. Yeah, it's that kind of day. And that's why I also promised our next guest I would not throw stats because I would probably get them wrong anyway. But uh, joining us right now on our guest line, Purdue Fort Wayne women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano. Coach, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Brett. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. And, of course, yesterday, following Mastodon's women's basketball in the semifinals at the Horizon League, I'll be honest, it didn't take long after the final horn to have a little bit of disappointment, but also a ton of pride in what this team accomplished. I would imagine those are emotions that you feel as a coach, but maybe not on the same timeline. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just keep going back to how close we were as a coach. It's hard to not replay those plays um, in your head that could have made a difference in the game. Um, But just to be in that game against the number one seed in the semifinals of the Horizon League tournament, um, the way our girls just represented the city and our school and just performed yesterday was just unbelievable. Um, Ultimately, we come up short, but um, if you just look at the whole big picture and see how far we've come, it's a pretty cool thing. When you look at that game yesterday, and this is not a stat, this is actually just an observation, that there were two key plays at the end of the quarters. And I would imagine those are the plays that you're losing some sleep over. And, uh, you know, taking that shot where it looked like you had a final possession, but you took the shot with maybe five or six seconds, missed, and Green Bay came the other way. It was a five-point swing at the end of the half. It was a six-point swing at the end of the third quarter. Those are the types of plays, and the reason I bring it up, Those are the type of plays to me that are that fine line between winning basketball and competitive basketball. And those are the types of things that you kind of grow and learn as you go through those experiences. That was that was my thought uh, of those two moments. As a coach, what were your thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, those uh, both of those moments were daggers. Um, And I said that to. You know, I've had a million texts, emails, messages, and, and that's been my response. You know, we, we end up losing the game by four, and, and there's five points right there. A buzzer beater, which was highly contested, that three-point shot, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the third, and, and the one at the half to tip in with .7 seconds. Um, it's crazy because we actually talk about that quite a bit in film. You know, early on in the season, there were a couple quarters where we didn't get a shot up, and I'm like, guys, this could be the difference in the game right here, and and sure enough, we get to the semifinals, and um, it, it certainly was. And, and like you said, it wasn't just the points. It was the, mo- the momentum swing that it gave them. Uh, mm-hmm. They both felt like daggers in those moments. Um, but I, I thought our girls responded well to both of those situations, uh, but they did come up big in the end. And that was the other point was there were times that it seemed like Green Bay was just going to go run away in that second half. Uh, at one point, they got the lead by six. Seemed like things just weren't going well for your squad. And the resiliency that you showed and the confidence in those moments, I mean, that is not something we've seen in past years with Mastodon's women's basketball. Yeah, I mean, like I said, so proud of, of the way they responded in those situations. There was a couple different times where it felt like this could go south fast. And uh, we bounced back. We came up with big plays, big stops. Um, honestly, I thought we got big stops all game long. In the fourth quarter, we had a couple of defensive breakdowns, and it wasn't necessarily where they hit tough shots. It was just, you know, we had a breakdown. We didn't see somebody cut, or, you know, we didn't, you know, we had two people on the ball, not one on the rim in transition. So um, our kids really responded well all, all tournament long, honestly, but especially in that game. 
um, when when Green Bay and their you know like you said championship caliber they know how to win games. Um, when they made their runs and they threw their punches, we responded really well in those situations. Maria Marcasana, women's basketball coach, Purdue Fort Wayne, joining us here on our guest line. And uh, you know, coach, it's it's only natural to start looking ahead and say, boy, where does this program go next? And one of the things I talked about earlier in the show is that this run through the Horizon League tournament into the semifinals seemed to give the program a real boost here locally, and I would call it internally, where in the city, everybody seemed to take notice. The people that are fans of Purdue-Fort Wayne took notice. You got a great amount of support in uh, in Indianapolis yesterday. It was It was great to see so many people come down to support the team. How do you take that momentum and externalize it and build the program nationally with with recruits, with uh, whether it's scheduling? I mean, how do you build on that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pieces that go along with that. But obviously, you know, this is uh, this is how you build it. You have some early success and you get some excitement around the program. And then all of a sudden those recruits start to fall in line. Um, I've heard from, you know, so many different recruits that, that followed our game, sent me pictures of us on TV. Um, and you're right, the support from the city has been phenomenal. I've gotten, you know, so many random emails from people I don't even know um, from from Fort Wayne just saying that we're making them proud. And, um, you know, we're going to continue to capitalize on the moment. But at the same time, as a coach and, and the leader of this program, we got to continue to build it. You know, we're, we're not there yet. We had a great run. Um, but we want to keep getting better and keep growing and, and try and make this just kind of the standard that every year we're in the Final Four, we're making this deep run in the Horizon League tournament. And um, I think as long as you know we continue to put a good product on the floor and continue to have some success and, and run our program the right way, we're going to continue to build momentum and, and, and grow our viewership and our fans all around. And, of course, you're going to be molding and shaping this roster where everybody has eligibility to return, although we do know Solaire Starks has chosen to step away from basketball after the season. But you're going to have a couple of talented freshmen that are going to be coming into the program next year with Brenna Schwederman out of Jay County and, uh, boy, a big-time scorer out of uh, Carolina in uh, Aaron Woodson. And, uh, I mean, what do they bring? Because they both seem to be somewhat similar in that tall, that big, that, that length, that length on the perimeter, those, those big guards. And I think it seems pretty evident in your short time here that you do like those big guards. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I we got some small ones on our team right now that are, that are proving me wrong <laughs> right now. I mean, Destiny and Audra have been phenomenal, but and I just think that the, the, the size allows you to be more versatile defensively. Um, you know, Renna and, and Aaron um, are very different. They're both, you know, long and, and can shoot it, but they're very different in their games. Um, Aaron out of, of Richmond is, is, is more of a pure shooter, more of a true guard, whereas Renna is kind of a point forward. You know, she can um, bang down low. She can push, you know, in transition. That's kind of her strength is, is rebounding and pushing and playing fast. So um, it's going to be interesting. They both are, are very competitive players. They're, they're players that, um, you know, go balls to the wall every single play. They're, they're gassed when you watch them play because they leave it on the floor, and that's awesome to see. It'll be interesting to see how, how, how they mesh. Obviously, we've got, um, you know, a group right now that has gained two valuable years in the Horizon League and, and um, under my leadership with, with my program. So the kids in the program right now obviously have a leg up with knowing how we do things and knowing our systems, but um, you're always wanting to add more talent, and we're excited about those two. I've got to call out somebody that probably doesn't get the recognition they deserve because Aubrey Stubb, 
I thought was fantastic yesterday because she had to go extended minutes because of the foul trouble uh, for your big. And she ended up, uh, I, I thought, just giving you great effort. And the box outs were incredible. And, and you know, she's, not so, she's more of that blue-collar type. She'll hit a big shot. But, I mean, sometimes... She doesn't always show up at the box score, so she always doesn't get her name on the, the highlights on TV or anything like that. But I thought she played some really key minutes yesterday. She played some key minutes all, all tournament long, honestly, Brett. She was really big for us um, at both Detroit and IUPUI. And then yesterday with Jazzy and foul trouble, she had to play big minutes for us and, and really stepped up. And her defense on their bigs where she's given up two to three inches was phenomenal. Um, a couple different times we were wanting to make subs, and I and I can you know a lot of times you know we'll go to that five guard lineup, and we just didn't feel like we could afford to have her off the floor with her defense and rebounding yesterday. Uh, definitely a glue kid, you know she's down there today watching the finals because she's just a basketball junkie. So um, you know she was huge all, all tournament long for us. And what about Shea Sellers as your leader? Uh, I mean, I know you've talked about it, we've talked about it that she's somebody that's got to come through with a big play, whether that's on the defensive end, getting a big rebound or a big bucket. And her growth and development, she's almost the, uh, you know, with the Colts, they put those players on the outside of Lucas Oil Stadium. It's almost like she would be the the, the name uh, brand on the outside of Gates if you had one for women's basketball because of what she's done and, the, and some of the pain that she's gone through through her career. Uh, both both with injuries and, and with uh, plenty of losses. But it's great to see her as a key contributor to the growth of this program in your first couple of years and maybe another year. Yeah, for sure. She is um, just an everyday player. She shows up to practice every single day. She competes. Um, she's, she's the type of kid we want to recruit right there, you know, somebody who's a team first, is not afraid to pass the ball. Somebody else is having a ba- better day than her. Uh, she'll guard one through five, and, and she takes on the other team's toughest matchup almost every single game. And she'll tell you what position she does and doesn't like to guard, but no matter what, she's going to take on that challenge. And then for her to come through yesterday and just 21 points, huge points, we needed every single one of them, um, you know, got to the rim, got her shot, uh, just just a phenomenal kid, phenomenal athlete, and, and I think – um, the work that she's put in over the last two years is going to show up even bigger next year. Speaking of next year, as now that this season has a bow on it, uh, scheduling, does it change when you see success and you start to feel like, okay, the program's taken another step, now the next step is is scheduling part of that? Scheduling's tough at the mid-major level, no matter what, um, you know, uh, the tougher schools see it as a risk that they might lose to you. Um, you know, the lower schools don't want to lose to, you know, uh, a mid-major either. So it's, um, it's a very, very tough thing. Um, so we, we scheduling is, is done so far in advance. A lot of that is already done for the upcoming year. But you do change, you know, based on your program where it's at. You want to challenge yourself. You want to be able to uh, grow your RPI or your net ranking as much as possible to not only help you and your program, but to help your conference as a whole. Um, that was a big emphasis at our Horizon League meetings last year, and um, we'll continue to kind of, you know, be tedious with that and, and see what works best for us. But, but again, so much of that is done ahead of time, so a lot of that's already done for next year. And, of course, uh, as we mentioned, everybody eligible to come back, 
those discussions, I guess, with what uh, everybody feels about whether they return, uh, whether they don't return, when do those happen, and, and when will we know exactly what the roster is going to look like for next year? Well, the kids are on spring break right now, so they uh, get to enjoy the rest of that and go home and relax and recover a little bit. We'll have some meetings uh, early next week and just kind of see where everyone's head is. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a different era in college basketball with the transfer portal, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I feel like our culture is really good here. We've got a good group, a, a core group that'll be returning, and, and it'll be exciting to see. We look forward to it, and congratulations on the tournament run. I know it fell short from what you were hoping for, but in uh, in hindsight, you got to be very proud of what was accomplished this season and how it lays a foundation for some future success. We're excited for you and can't wait to see Mastodon's women's basketball return next fall. For sure, Brett. Thanks for having me again. Yep, that is Maria Marcasano, women's basketball coach, Purdue Fort Wayne, after they got beat yesterday by Green Bay, 69 to 65, just a four point loss to the number one seed in the tournament. And, uh, had a buddy that uh, sent me a message said, I think the Dons wore out Green Bay with that effort they gave yesterday because Green Bay didn't have much left today. They got beat by Cleveland State 73 to 61. And that was a Green Bay team that just about reversed that score against Cleveland State just a, a week or so ago when they played for the regular season title. So a little bit of a surprise that Green Bay falls in the championship game. But uh, like I say, we'll we'll take credit for that here in Fort Wayne and say that our, our Dons wore them down is what we'll say. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Um, I know there, there's so many different things happening in the world of sports today, but this whole story about Aaron Rodgers and the entire Jets brass, I mean... It's, I mean, they had to get a big plane to take everybody out to Malibu to go meet with Aaron Rodgers and have these one-on-ones where the Jets are considering making a trade deal to get Aaron Rodgers in New York. I feel like I'm in a time machine, like there, <laughs> there's some kind of time warp happening here because you've got a quarterback in waiting. You've got a team that's capable of being a playoff team in Green Bay. You've got a quarterback who's had a terrific run with the Packers. But things have kind of gotten disgruntled over the last few years. Uh, have we been here before? Or is it just me? Because, you know, sometimes I get old and things get confusing. But I feel like this whole scenario has played out before, Adam. Yeah, I wasn't uh, super into football the last time it happened. But it certainly has happened before with the quarterback going from the Packers yeah, to the Jets. I can't. You know what? You make me feel so old when you say stuff like that because I feel like it was just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, I was like third grade when it happened last time. Um, of course, with Brett Favre and the move to the the Jets, and uh, then he eventually moved on to Minnesota. But it just feels like the, the stage is set almost identical to what it was with the Brett Favre move. Aaron Rodgers goes to the bright lights in New York City, tries to rescue a team that's desperate for a quarterback, yeah. And uh, and then after a couple of years, might end up deciding if he wants to keep playing. It's not going to be here in New York. I mean, it just seems like we've been here, done that. And then the question is, Jordan Love, is he ready to be the guy in Green Bay? I feel like we have no idea if he's ready to be the because guy or then, not. Because then does Green Bay become a player in the draft to try to move up and snag one of these quarterbacks? Because now that has to be a concern for the Colts. 
If Green Bay does make a deal with the Jets. I, I think they stick with Love, at least for this year. You think so? I mean, we haven't seen that much of him to know. But, but then you got to have give him the season, at least, to, to figure it out. And then if he's terrible, you can go to the draft. I mean, the, the quarterbacks next year aren't predicted to be as good as this year, but... I, I, I mean, but you'll need a backup anyway. And, That's and true. I guess the question is with, with Love, see, the la- is this coming year, Carson the last Wentz? year? On his, no, on his, is this, did you just say that? You've just lost all credibility. <laughs> hey, you, you back, really up, back did. up, back you, up, back up. You said something <laughs> that just absolutely shattered all of your credibility that the Green Bay Packers should take Carson Wentz. I heard it. It's a backup. Come out of your, a backup. Backup. A backup to the backup. <laughs> um, all right, so I don't know. Is this the last year for Jordan Love's rookie deal? Has he got one more year left? I'm I'm thinking, what do they have to risk by going for one of these quarterbacks if they don't feel Jordan Love is the guy to be aggressive and try to get this guy? Maybe let Jordan Love play out this season to see where it goes. Yeah. Because you could maybe take a gamble on an Anthony Richardson if you're a Green Bay and you think that maybe after a year or two, this guy will be ready to take over and we've got a year left with Jordan Love. I think, is there one more year with yep. Jordan Love? Yep, still on his rookie deal for 2023. And uh, and I think that's it, right? That's mm-hmm. the last year of his rookie deal? Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's basically a prove-it year for Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers goes off to New York, which is starting to sound like there's a lot of steam here that this could very they're, well happen. They're desperate for a quarterback. I mean, they're flying out uh, Rodgers' old buddy, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, hired they're, him. They're yeah. flying him out there. Yeah. Maybe they should bring his old girlfriend, Danica. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think we just – did we just learn or was it one of those uh, clickbait things? Because I, I get them on, on my Facebook but didn't we just hear that Aaron Rodgers has a new girlfriend and it's the daughter of the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks? Did you hear that story? He's got a new girlfriend. Yeah. She is the daughter. Mallory Edens. Of the, yeah. And her dad owns the Milwaukee Bucks. And for years, Aaron Rodgers and her father have had somewhat of an acquaintance and Aaron Rodgers has been his guest at Milwaukee Bucks games over the years and now it sounds like maybe there's a romantic tie between the daughter of the Milwaukee Bucks owner and Aaron Rodgers yeah everything right now is just kind of tabloid speculation level but uh, that's what I was just wondering yeah whether but or it's not out was- there it's out there 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. But I do think it's going to be of interest to the Colts fans because it could bring another team into the race to get up and draft a quarterback. And I don't think the Colts want that pressure because the Colts need to have as much clearance as possible to get their guy. And, you know, certainly you don't want three quarterbacks taken before you're at number four. And so if you start to think Green Bay is in the market, to move up, and it might even help Chicago because Chicago could then claim that Green Bay is trying to come after this. Although, would the Bears really trade with Green Bay? No. No way. I don't think that would threaten anybody. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. We did just get a text. Someone said yeah. Rogers is also a minority owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, is he? Um. So uh, I did not realize that. Now, I know he's been at Milwaukee Bucks games where he has sat with the owner. 
He has a 1% stake. Oh, well, that's not a whole lot. Of course, that's probably still more than you and I could gather. <laughs> yeah, we, I we could go take a collection with all our friends and probably still not get a one percent stake in any professional team. What would that? What would one percent be? Would that be? I'm trying to figure out. It would be what about seven well, eight million? They're valued at two point three billion. Oh my! Gosh. So give me one percent of two point three billion there, real quick. Uh, is that twenty three million? Uh, somebody's got to do math. And they got to do it quick. Adam, are you are you working on this problem, or are you just throwing it to me and letting me sink here with this problem? $23 million. Oh, yeah, I got it right. There you go. I got it right. Math. Oh, oh, that's it. I'm on a hot streak, and i got Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia still to come today. That's right. We're going to play some Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia when we return after 5 o'clock. We're sending you home on a Tuesday. It is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.